welcome to another episode of Cena Nerd. I almost said Mr. Robot. No, it's not another episode of Mr. Robot. Well, we're talking about the last episode of Mr. Robot. Yes, this is the intro I'm going to keep. So, last episode? This is the last episode <laughs> ever. No, of course not. Of Cena Nerd? No. <laughs> Look, we all From know. the show? Yeah, of the show. We're, we're what kind show? All of the show. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this part out. This is so stupid. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, <laughs> zoom. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. Because <laughs> everyone started talking. Oh, stop jumping near Chrysler. <laughs> all I, all I have to live for is my opening monologue. <laughs> Any kind. Well, you, like... you started it out of nowhere as I was going like <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I know. I think I might keep that. Great. In. It's pretty great. No. Yeah. Okay. Those weird noises. For realsies now. I'm gonna do that again. Weird hiccup. Hashtag stranger hiccups. Ah, stop moving your poster around. Hey guys. Put <laughs> my feet in front. <laughs> Wait, are you ready? We'll shuffle yes. back around. I'm turning my mic off. I'm ready. Okay. Now that Alyssa's on mute, no. try to start the show again. Listen, I'm still here. I'm just trying to shut myself up. <laughs> Not a figment of your imagination. <laughs> Do I need to hold the gun and point it at you? I'm fine. Go. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Seeing the Nerd. Sorry. Where's that? Sarah, why? Why? I'm sorry. God damn it, I'm Sarah! Sorry. You always do this. I mute myself. I'm gonna mute myself. Okay. Welcome to Seeing the Nerd. It's just me and Alyssa this week. <laughs> just kidding. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Sarah, you did it again. <laughs> what? I hear you scratching the microphone. Matt, start the show. Okay, here we go. Right, We're 30 minutes into this shit. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Cena Nerd. How's it going? It's going pretty great. Happy Friday. It's not Friday when you listen to this, but pretend it is. Unless it is, that'd be great. What are we talking about? I almost forgot. We're talking about Miss Robot finale. The season two finale, to be exact, and it was a great one. It left a billion questions out in the open, and uh, yeah, helping me this week to break it down is uh, super best friend Sarah Belmont. What's up, dude? What is up besides your cursor moving around the Google Doc? Okay, they don't need to know that we have <laughs> exposed. Dude, what's uh, so funny is instead of live tweet or like, you know, streaming like in the future, we just have an open Google Doc and then we tweet it out and then people just type all over it. It'd be pretty funny. But don't you have to share Google Docs with people so that they can edit and stuff? You or can like send a link that and have it open. Alyssa, why are you helping him? But also we need like <laughs> this. So if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. And- <laughs> The other voice you're hearing, no, it's not a figment of your imagination. It's super, uh, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Robot Superfan. Alyssa, what's up? Hey. Hey. Hi. Hey. I'm real. Can you believe it? I do. You don't need to point a gun at me. And <laughs> wow. Or shoot me. Escalate, that escalated quickly. It exactly. Really- that got way, that went, yeah, too that far. Tyreal. Too far. Hashtag Tyreal. Too Tyreal. <laughs> format no just kidding um yeah let's just jump right into it because there is so much stuff to discuss there is a lot of detail like every episode of mr robot there are little things in the background and 
and conversation that all kind of blend together into this masterpiece of season two. So um, how did it end? I, I thought um, it ended just fine. I think it, it left some breadcrumbs for the next season, but it also had some good payoffs throughout uh, season two. So um, let's just start at the beginning. It's a good place to start. Um, started off with a flashback of when they uh, Elliot and Tyrell first started devising the plan to of stage two, quote unquote. Um, what did you guys think of it? It's it was a very blue uh, kind of series of scenes, I guess. That's just my opinion. It was literally very blue. Because um, I was staring. I am stupid. blue. Da 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 da. Sorry. Fine. Blue Darren, what did you? Think? Okay, but... <laughs> oh, I, I don't think Sarah heard me. Sarah, what did you think of the opening? Was it wasn't it pretty great? It was good. It was it was odd though because I feel like I feel like I was I was thinking that they were gonna do a flashback to maybe a different scene. So I didn't expect them to flashback to this scene that we saw in episode eight of the first season. Um, and from at that time, we were viewing it from the perspective that Mr. Robot was a real person and he was interacting with. Um, Tyrell so we were thinking that they were conspiring about something and I hate to say that you're wrong Matt but I don't think it was them forming the plans for phase two or anything in that scene it's when they it's after Tyrell gets leverage over Elliot and as Tyrell's world is collapsing around him he's trying to grasp um, power and he sees that in Elliot um, but overall, do you, do, you, do you really hate correcting me, Sarah? Do you? <laughs> well, when you put it like that, Is... <laughs> it kind of makes my day. But no, oh, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. But what I was gonna say is that um, the the extension, like, I don't know about you two, but. There was this confidence every now and then that appeared with Elliot when he was trying to really take, quote unquote, control. And you even see a glimpse of that in this opening scene between him and Tyrell, where Tyrell's like, <laughs> Tyrell comes off really pitiful, even though I love his character. But he just wants to understand. And then Elliot just is very confident. And he he almost takes a page from White Rose's book and like says something very cryptic in the like you're just looking at what's in front of you and not what's above you and I have a whole tie into that later on for the show but overall I thought it was good but I don't know if that whole red wheelbarrow um easter egg paid off um because it kind of felt random that that's a line in a poem that Tyrell's father used to know I don't know what about you Alyssa I <clears throat> Oops. <laughs> I liked the the flashback mostly just because um, we got to see Elliot as Mr. Robot. We've never really seen that before. We've always seen them separated and we've seen Christian Slater playing Mr. Robot. And it was really, really a drastic change to me at least that um, in, I guess, Rami's portrayal of Elliot and how... Um, how more anim I guess more animated he was. Um, it was almost like he was 
very well versed in how Christian Slater's mannerisms are in playing Mr. Robot, and I think he really, I guess, uh, took them on wholly. So <clears throat> I agree that I don't think that they were like describing the plans for stage two, but at the same time, I was a little confused with that because, you know, then it was like, when did they do that? I guess Elliot must have done that on the side of Dark Army and then they uh, sent them to Tyrell separately. I don't know. Alyssa, do you think that we're ever going to see a flashback to when Elliot met White Rose for the first time or even the opposite of White Rose stumbling upon Elliot and then viewing him as this really significant pawn in this whole game that she's played for years. Well, how do the thing is like, do we really have concrete evidence that they ever did meet in person? Like my understanding was always that they, or at least White Rose knew so much about Elliot based on what she's seen of him through you know, him fulfilling his side of the plans and making the plans and whatnot. But I don't, you know, I don't know if there's that much evidence to them ever having a formal meeting in person. And I'm not sure. Well, at least honest... episode eight. What do you mean with episode eight? That's, they have met in person in right. that episode. So that's one meeting. I We don't know if there's anything before the series started to show that there was a meeting before that. Wait, remind me with episode 8. What am I forgetting? Episode 8, White Rose. That's the episode that... It's the first time we met White Rose. Right. It's oh, the first right. time in the computer repair place. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. that was like... that. See, that to me, I keep forgetting about that because it was so short almost. I'll say pack. That's what happened to Right, us. right. So to me, like, I thought that was the first time they met. Because, like, it's Elliot seems so surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I guess then, yeah, we can say maybe Mr. Robot has met with White Rose. I'm not sure. The only thing that right, goes... <laughs> well, the, wh- why it comes to my mind is because of the previous episode with that exchange between Angela... Angela... Angelo... Angela and White Rose. And that she talks about... Angela and Elliot both both being like severely impacted by what happens to their parents and some could speculate that that event is the one she alludes to where she says we have a friend and an event in common or she could be talking about the 5-9 hack but like I said before White Rose is very cryptic so I don't know Matt what do you think? I think that I need to review season one again because <laughs> so much of my mental capacity. I know, there. right? Like, I'm trying to think now. I don't know. Okay. Well, then, inter- how about how would I ask you this question then? Okay. For this episode, do you think that Tyrell was acting really bizarre and kind of out of place where he was? He was a part of almost like a different story than what was going on with Elliot and every and Darlene this episode. Right. Like we kind of touched on this like a couple episodes ago or like last episode or something where. Well, yeah, last episode when we saw him. But and I like, oh, he's acting differently. So maybe he isn't real different. and he sounded different. And 
I mean, I'm I'm still chalking it up to like we haven't seen Tyrell like at all this season, so maybe that's why he sounds different. But maybe if we if I go back to like season one and then listen to his dialogue and then watch it, you know, his performance in the season finale of season two, maybe there is some type of differences. It's just something really did feel kind of off about him, though. And it I don't think it was his character. I think it was more of like his performance. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like his delivery of the lines was a little... I'm not to say the direction was bad or wrong or um, not character-like, but it was it was almost like he... It's like really they, they chose that take for Tyrell's yeah. like, um, delivery. So I think um, it was just there... T- and that plus we haven't seen Tyrell at all this season just makes it really like difficult to kind of comprehend like his character and where he's at and stuff. But um, I'm glad that you mm-hmm. mentioned that because what came to my mind is towards the end of the episode, there's a scene where Elliot is talking about the hack and how he doesn't want to go through with it and all this stuff. And there's this just this one line read that really makes me chuckle every time I hear it. But Tyrell's just looking at him and he's like, I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> what show are you on? <laughs> he says it like, like, like exactly how you said it. I'm so confused. So confused. <laughs> like, right. Fact. See, I still chalk it up to the epiphany I had last episode, as in, well, I guess both episodes here, our episode and the show's episode, when you explained how Tyrell probably seems so different to us also because we're we're maybe seeing him with the same amount of almost haziness as Elliot is seeing him because he's in this disbelief over seeing him and believing that he's dead. Right. You know what I mean? That's no. How, so, yeah, that's how I kind of just ended up seeing it. I mean, right. Also, be Thank like <laughs> it, it's obvious that Tyrell has like somewhat of a connection, or he's he's drawn to Elliot in some way. So <laughs> maybe this is like his way of like saying or like acting that he's like in awe whenever he's like around him, and he just admires him so much and wants to make out with him and stuff like that. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I I could see in this episode that there were clear editing and directing choices that were made to make us as viewers continue to see um to see Tyrell through Elliot's eyes and in this episode <laughs> Elliot clearly still doesn't believe that he's alive and he's not real at all and we see the consequence of that later on um to make that moment when you hear the gunshot go off all that much more powerful and impactful for you as a viewer. Um, but I still, and I still find, I can't justify some of the acting choices that were made, even though Martin Wallstrom, I love you. <laughs> I really, really do. I think you're great. But some of the line reads still, I don't think were intentional to continue provi- proving that point, if that makes sense. I don't know. But It almost like, I, I felt like it, just the scene of like Elliot and Tyrell in the room by themselves, like talking to each other. Mm-hmm. I felt like it, it escalated where it made you even more uncomfortable because yeah. like, you don't know what Tyrell's like his deal is because we haven't seen him all season. And he's like putting Elliot on this just like gigantic high pedestal. And Elliot's like, I don't even know why dude. Like, I don't even know what the hell's going on. <laughs> it's just like an air of like, 
being just really uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden, like, they're facing out the window looking at the papers being packed, I think. And then Mr. Robot comes into frame and it's like, wait, what? So it's like, it's almost like um, Tyrell is an obsessed fan of Elliot. Yeah. And it's like, at no, any. He is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And like, at any. It's it's like a perfect storm of I don't know what the hell is going on and also what is even happening right now, where right. and it all culminated into the gunshot, and it and I'm like, where did we get to like how do we get to this point I, like you know when I saw Elliot you know like go well, like you know, grasp the wound and fall over I'm like how did we get to this point like I almost had to back up the episode because that's well, why I was slightly disappointed by the whole I guess the episode as a whole almost because. There were a lot of parts where, especially involving Tyrell, that just felt almost like very soap opera-y, you know? Like, yeah. it was uncharacteristically mm-hmm. dramatic for him. <laughs> uncharacteristically emotional, I guess, too. Like, well, that's, no. He's a total emotional, crazed person. We see his mood swings uh, like no other. But still, like... <laughs> that poor, I, poor vase. Yeah, but it's never... Like one can argue that he is making himself vulnerable by vulnerable by showing his emotions at all, but usually when he's showing his emotion, it's he still manages to maintain this spot of power because there's this fear that's constantly lingering. Like even when he would have his meltdowns in season one and things like that. But this episode, <laughs> every time we saw some sort of portrayal of emotion by Tyrell he was totally at loss for power and that to me is so foreign because i've never once looked at tyrell on the show and been like this guy's a super weakling like even when he's totally at the will of joanna or something like that for his job like the things that he did for that position like i never once doubted his uh his strong-mindedness or anything like that and yeah and this right and this this episode I really could, was and it was confusing. Could you apply that to all the male characters this episode because I was noticing like it, it Tyrell just didn't stick out to me but a lot of the male characters were for whatever reason really emotional and vulnerable and then you juxtapose that with the female characters who were very strong and independent and were very secure in the places that they are left at the end of the show. So it's very, I don't, huh? Except Darlene. Well, I mean, even Darlene, I mean, she's just, she's just looking at this wall that maps out everything and she's like, oh my God, what's next? And, but I still, I still feel like Darlene is in a, place of power because even though the FBI has all this evidence they don't really have that tie that would directly link Darlene yet to anything so they don't really have um, they're still trying to use her and shape her so I still view her in a position of power unlike some other characters I mean it showed her tied directly to the F Society militants so I feel like her seeing that wall was her, you know, us see, her realizing that she's basically screwed. Or at right. Least close to well, her. I don't, so, know. I, I don't know. I, 
I like what you said, though, about Tyrell and especially his relationship with Joanna, um, because Matt knows this about me. I'm a total film noir nerd. (laughs) And I was talking to my dad about um, Tyrell and Joanna's relationship earlier today. And I described Joanna as like this quintessential black widow character where she really is this just this force that goes into she knows how to use her sex to get what she wants essentially and that femininity and her sexuality and then in reaction to that power and that strength the male characters who surround her go through like a masculine identity crisis um because of women with that strength like they are fearful of them and i i think we see that with tyrell yeah, definitely. Scott Knowles too. <laughs> yeah. Enter and and Scott Knowles just boyfriend. came out of nowhere. Yeah, I kind of forgot about him. <laughs> I, I called forgot that last else. episode. I was like, it's definitely Scott. Knowles. Yeah, I, I w- he was like my last guest. Like we only saw him for like a second, like talking with um, yeah. what's that girl's name that they killed? Um, and they took over her house. Oh, Madame, Madame Executioner. <laughs> Madame Executioner? Um, yeah. Yeah, so, like, the last time we saw him was there, and I'm like, I kind of forgot about his whole backstory, so it was nice that they kind of explained it a little bit through dialogue, but... Um, intense dialogue. Yeah, I know. Sorry. The most intense. I was, like, in, in my notes, like, when, she, uh, when Joanna reached out after uh scott was like talking and going on and on about his wife like i was just like he's gonna slap him like super hard like entire hand to the face and i i I wished it but she didn't instead she 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 said that his wife is burning in hell and so that (laughs) i love that that whole line i have it up but i'm like i don't know how how much i am inclined to quote that ever in my life <laughs> you can only use that once because that is man that is really bad yeah and very specific actually too very should we jump into that scene i mean if you'd like to i can quote the whole no i won't quote anything <laughs> how did you guys react to how joanna like um handled the whole scott's situation like um were you going in like cheering for her or were yeah. you like <laughs> go or and did you leave like feeling a different way or yeah i definitely when the door opened and we saw her standing there and she made that line about how that photo made her (laughs) it was such a classic thing like sarah like how you described how she uses her sex to get her power over men and manipulate and things like that that scene where she's at the door and she says you know she's talking about that um that last gift he sent that's such a perfect example of that because even there when she goes to confront him she just is totally totally like flat affect she's not angry or anything she's just still putting on this this um show almost and that of course i was like i was rooting for and whatever and when she's talking to scott knowles inside it escalated so quickly that all of a sudden like he explains everything all upset and emotional and all of a sudden the camera just jumps to her standing over him starting that little monologue mm-hmm. and it was so it was like watching Tyrell in season one having his you know emotional flips it was pretty insane like I was I was taken aback when all of a sudden she's standing over him and calling him what she called him and it was 
I don't know. I thought it was pretty awesome. I hated seeing her get taken down after that. But mm. it's it's funny because, you know, in a, in, a, in a, I guess, rational discussion, one would say that Scott Knowles is in the right here, um, considering what Joanna's trying to do. But I couldn't... No. I mean, in, no. in comparing the two <laughs> things. So, like, Joanna's trying to hide a murder, and Scott Knowles is just manipulating and sending her these gifts, which are screwing with her, and that's totally messed up, yes. But, but yeah. Joanna did that in response to being physically attacked by him. What? Trying to blame him for the murder of his wife's death. Was I don't he? No, 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 but what I'm saying, I'm saying even before her, him, I mean, sorry, before him attacking her. Same way before that, like we look, like putting them up on a scale. Like you would think Scott Knowles is the more innocent one here because Joanna walks in, you know, she's trying to live out her plot of framing someone else for the murder and whatnot. But then, um, then when he attacked Joanna, I was just like, I was totally like at peace. I guess I was like, okay, this guy definitely do not feel any sort of like empathy for him i was like nope i'm totally 100 percent rooting for joanna now because at first i was kind of like i loved rooting for joanna in a way like she's this really empowered woman and she's so calculated and devious and it's amazing but she's also so wrong like she's really like all the characters in the show are pretty flawed but um but now it's like it's, i have no hesitations rooting for her <laughs> ever since that so and part of me wondered too if it was her plan to get him all riled up so that he would do that which yeah that's that was my thought the whole time i was like oh she that's she would she want to do that the whole time because when you know i don't ever want like to see somebody get attacked like that but when she went back to um boyfriend hunk guy you know it's like she was it you didn't see like a like a light turn on in her head like oh i can flip this back on him you know it was almost like she on the car ride home she was like yes my plan's coming together look at all these actual bruises but it, i mean speaking about the scene i mean we covered unreal in, in the past and they had not a similar scene but they had um you know, a male like hit hit a female on the show. Do you do you think like this scene went too far because he was like straight up pummeling her, or like do you think it kind of wasn't in service of the plot, or do you think it was done in a way where it shocked, but in like not in a bad way? It, I don't think it shocked in a bad way, but I did definitely. I thought that she was gonna die. I really thought that was the end for Joanna. So. Yeah, she was like choking on blood, and I was like, "Oh no, yeah. is is that is, are they gonna kill somebody this season?" Yeah. So, let's, yeah. Sarah, thoughts? Yeah, feelings? No, no, I am. I know. <laughs> um, so to, I, I can hear you clicking, Matt. Clicking. That's not me. I, that's somebody. Sorry, that was me. Alosa. No, <laughs> joking. Um, so. Unreal and Mr. Robot comparison. Personally, if you were to compare both scenes, um, this one goes so much more more further because Chet breaks up that whole incident um, that happens in the trailer on Unreal. So it doesn't escalate to that point. It certainly could have, considering how drunk um, Jeremy was during that scene. 
And then they dealt with the aftermath about that. And I think they were trying to make a different point than what Sam Esmail and company were creating with this scene in Mr. Robot. Uh, because we're really looking at Scott Knowles as a shell of who he was and how his life has just crumbled. And then how he's turned into the very person he hates, which is a theme um, I would say in this episode, especially with how we start the episode with Tyrell and him talking about his father in that vein. And we know that that's true with Elliot and his father to then see Scott Knowles, who um, tells us a story about his um, his success at E-Corp, becoming CTO, his wife being pregnant, and then all of that just crumbling around him all because of the Wellicks. And how he's then taken notes from them and turned the tables against them. Um, but, and and so I don't know if they were trying to say the same thing because we're not going to spend another episode with Joanna and how she's suffering from PTSD and, um, and everything, which was more the point of that um, scene on Unreal. While this one is more about Joanna, like, you know what, that is, you've crossed the line and now I'm going to manipulate this man to do my dirty business again and I'm going to get what I want because my family is the most important thing. End of story. Um, do you so, think that they're going to build off of that in the third season like right away or are we going to kind of jump forward in time a little bit? Well, seeing as how this show does not resolve anything... <laughs> More on that later. True story. I, I I don't know. I don't even know how much I want to see of Joanna next season. Because I honestly felt like if I were to look at everything that happened this season, I feel like you could edit her scenes and I would be perfectly fine. Like you could just remove her from the whole narrative and I would be fine. I thought she was a really interesting character in season one. But the way she was used, it was just... Um, so disconnected from everything else and it still is because at the end of the season she after confronting scott knowles now believes that tyrell is never coming back and we know the opposite to be true and that could be interesting but i just feel like joanna wellick always needs tyrell wellick to be interesting um so i I don't know. Does that answer your question? I feel like yeah. I'm saying I don't know a lot. I'm sorry. That's like, I think a lot no, of Roman's Robot fans are saying that. Yeah, um, Alyssa, yeah. sorry. No, that's fine. I, I agree. Like I, But I do find her character insanely compelling. Like I love Joanna so much. But the thing that conflicts me so much is that there's su- I have such a difficulty tying her to the rest of the story. Right. Like, I like to just tell myself that it, sh- it almost just shows us how... It, I think I feel like it shows us this part of Tyrell maybe or parallels him somehow, but this season at least it really lost me. Like last season seeing Joanna, we it definitely was a useful tool. Like it was a parallel to Tyrell's mm-hmm. craziness and yep. absurdity almost for doing Motivation. what she needed to do. Yeah, but this season it definitely she definitely got lost um, in you know the woods. <laughs> Yeah. It almost seems like um, Sam and the writer. Was that? Because I, I agree that I feel like she could just not exist in the storyline, but I don't want that 
to be the case. So yeah. right, right. No, I, I understand. One of the best characters I've ever watched develop over time. So it just seems like Sam and the rest of the writers really enjoy writing Joanne's character, and they didn't really have plans for her narrative to intersect with everybody else's, but they wanted to keep her like relevant with the audience. So maybe they're planning for some thing bigger how they kind of made Angela tie in with like the main narrative of the show maybe they're going to do the same thing next season with Joanne well I think I think in retrospect this season her character and what she went through was what a lot of fans of Tyrell were going through in that oh my god is he dead did Elliot shoot him is he just a figment of the imagination is Elliot equal Tyrell and and we sort of held on to Joanna as like, well, that contradicts all the theories. Tyrell is alive. He's going to come back and everything. So that hope that she had this season she was kind of what we cling to, or at least I did. So I can see the use for it in that. At the same time, some of her scenes were a bit drawn out, and it just feels like... Because I feel like overall this season what what really um what was the true flaw of it was all of the extended cuts or and ex- extended scenes because i really think this is a 10 episode season it shouldn't have been a 12 episode season and even some of the most of the episodes were longer than normal and you really felt that at times because it felt like the the plot wasn't moving quick quick enough which you never felt during the first season. Um, and Joanna's sort of impacted that because a lot of her, her scenes were felt really drawn out and slow and p- sort of played into, but not directly. So it's sort of that emotional indirect that she... I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, it. it's... To the editing, you know, point that you made, like, it seemed, like, really long. Like, I mean, Mr. Robot, the show, had it's, like, the biggest thing on USA Network since, like, Chuck Norris. So, like, and wrestling. So, like, <laughs> maybe they gave, maybe, like, the network gave, you know, Sam S. Mill and the rest of the production team and everyone involved, like, you know, a little more leeway. Like, you know, they didn't have to worry about chopping out certain scenes to oh, fit absolutely. a certain you know, commercial block. I mean, obviously, but maybe they got a little not carried away but they they took advantage of that and you know yeah. maybe they'll look back on season two and like you know make it a little tighter no but, because they made more money yeah commercials you have a longer season more room for commercials wow sarah you're so cynical it's almost like you watch a lot of tv <laughs> i know it's almost like i watch a lot of mr robot which is a very cynical show <laughs> think about it, yeah um i saw it as like we had the extra episode in the beginning of the season and the end, and the thing that was the same with both of them is that in both of those double episodes, one of them was way more plot-heavy, and the other was more, like, yes. setting up the aesthetics and the the themes and whatnot. So I'm, I think it was the... Yeah, the second episode so- of the oh, the opener was, like, very abstract to me, and I didn't get much out of it. Oh, I love that episode. I did, I did love it, but I felt like it wasn't as plot intense as the first episode, or part one. Um, so, do you And then with think... this episode, I feel like part one was the one that was more 
abstract, but we did manage to get a lot of info out. But it made them feel a little bit like fillers almost or something like that. But Do right, you go on. think, um, because I felt like the, sh- the season started really strong with the back-to-back episodes, and I, I do agree with your point that one was more about the theme while another was much more... Um, plot heavy um and you sort of see that parallel here but the difference is that those first two episodes aired back to back like they truly were part one and part two and i think that the finale this year would have benefited from doing the same thing because it kind of felt odd that like we didn't see angela until the very end there wasn't white rose a lot of the characters we were used to seeing suddenly disappeared for this like closing um, chapter. Yeah, it made it seem like there was this huge gap of time right. between the two episodes, which made, which definitely added to my confusion with the whole White Rose and Angela thing, mm-hmm. Angela's involvement in general. Um, I and the episode this week felt super short, and yes. that was another thing. Like I feel like they should have definitely. That was my first thought. I was like, this should have aired right after the other episode last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, but more money, more commercials. Right. <laughs> More corporations. Soon there, will, soon there will be a 23 cool. episode Mr. Robot season. Oh, please. Soon no. there will God, be an no. episode that's just all commercials. And like, it's all like 90s commercials, like 90s e corp well, commercials. It's all, let's be frank talk. Do you guys get that at the very end when we go to Angela and she's watching Let's Be Frank talk? Mm-hmm. And I at the bottom that. of the screen, it says, <laughs> really happening. What's really happening? Yeah. That was so good. I didn't notice that. I'm sorry. So, so Alyssa, what was, <laughs> what was going on um, in your mind when Tyrell grabbed the gun? I, I was like, uh, you know what was going on, actually? I shouldn't stutter. I definitely knew what was going on in my head. I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, if they pull another twist where Tyrell's not real, I'm done, I, which obviously wouldn't have been true. But I was almost, I was on edge, ready to get angry. Yeah, I was ready <laughs> um, to fire up the, the, I was the Twitter machine. To, yeah, right? I was ready to start pounding the keyboard. <laughs> ready to my knock over a vase off of your kitchen <laughs> island and throw it And then an ask you email to Sam because we're buddies. What have you done? And then, and then when you heard the shot and and Elliot looks down and sees the blood, what went through your mind? I was like, well, he's definitely not dead. <laughs> so, that dude just like, at me. He's super yeah. dead. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, he just got shot, but it's cool. He's not going to die. Obviously, there's like three more seasons of this at least. So I mean, I guess I was pretty reactionless. <laughs> No, I like, no. I was like, wow, drama. And that was kind of it. Wow, drama. guns. No. Stuff. <laughs> I was like, because, you know, that, that reminded me of when Mr. Robot pulled the gun on Elliot early in the yes. season yes. and shot him. And I was just like, oh, are they going to do that again? Mm-hmm. That's so lame. And I pulled out my phone, unlocked it. And I'm like, oh, wait, he's like falling over. Holy shit. We still don't know, though, if he ever actually shot him. That's like, that's true. something that bothers me. It's like, why did they show that and then never wrap it up? It was the same framing as the dream sequence last year when he kind of Wait, falls what? over. Um, 
in the dream thing when when Elliot got shot in his like dream thingamajig when he he went to the crack house and then he fell over. It was like oh. framed the same way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what so I mean is why I... they never wrapped up the yeah. whole thing with Tyrell getting shot in Fun Society by oh. Mr. Robot. That's what I mean. They never wrapped up because Mr. Robot oh, said he no. shot him and he's okay. dead. Clearly. Oh. Okay. Because yes. I was, I was for a moment, I was thinking you were talking about we don't know for sure if Tyrell shot Elliot, and I'm like, no, I'm pretty oh, sure that God. happened. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> what I mean. Sure. I mean, Mr. Robot shooting <laughs> him. But yeah. I'm sort of with, I, in regards to that scene, and I sort of felt a lot like you did, Alyssa, about the episode as a whole, and then I rewatched it twice, and I'm, st- like, the more I rewatched the episode, the more I love it, um, because the second time I rewatched it, I was thinking, my mind went to what Matt mentioned, and the the parallel scene between Mr. Robot and Elliot at during the first episode. And how, like, they they set that up for this to be the ending where we're really viewing Tyrell through Elliot's mind. And we're also like, really, he's going to shoot him and he's going to be fine. And this is stupid because it's just another twist. Um, and then it's like, oh, no, that's blood. And that means he's real. I don't know what's going on anymore because I thought I understood, but now no, I don't. don't. And understand. it don't understand. <laughs> right. It really makes you insane. And in which I think is the total intent of Sam Esmail because he's <laughs> he really in the world. To make this no, insane. it really is. <laughs> really is to make this insane narrative and for us viewers to completely buy into the first person to the point where we're looking at other characters through the protagonist's eyes like that's hard to do and I think that's how he was able to pull off an episode like this and it was subtle Um, and that's something that has been missing for me this season like there's this subtle about everything that happens in this episode between the lines oh no oh no the action oh no sarah cut i'm sorry that was like really garbled can you try to do that again it was like really bad yeah Um, where was it um a sentence ago (laughs) i'm trying to think of what you said exactly i'm sorry okay well all i what i was saying was that it's lag pass if you can Keep talking, but not talk about the show. I'm sorry. I know this is frustrating. <laughs> he needs to test your audio. Yeah. What he's trying to say. Madison. Madison. What other names would you give me, Sarah? <laughs> See, Alyssa, you sound great, but Sarah's. Yay. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. The internet. Alyssa, you're a gold star. Sarah sucks, apparently, according <laughs> to Maddie <laughs> Matt. You tried. <laughs> I'm looking at my microphone thinking it's Sarah. Look, <laughs> it's not. It's Sorry, no hugs. <laughs> I don't know if this happens every this time. This is a really awkward conversation. Yeah, I know. I know. Every time Sarah's on the call. I regret every Not time. when Alyssa's on the call. No, that's but... not what I'm saying. <laughs> this is great. It's not great at all. I'm sorry. Sarah, how many bears did you yeah. see today? None. None. Oh, God, it's still bad. Um, 
You need to stop catching them because they're becoming extinct, Matt. Okay, it's a little we better. We talked about that. You gotta <laughs> let them go. You cannot catch them all. Oh, perfect. Yes. Okay, continue. Matt, is there a bear Pokemon? There is, actually. I'm going to look for it right after oh my gosh. the show. Remember. There's like a cat. Bear. Okay, so what? I... Sorry. I'm like staring you down now when really I'm just looking at my wall. I'm actually staring at your like <laughs> Skype profile pic and it's <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> if that's your death stare. <laughs> Um, yes, can you continue. please not look at me like that? <laughs> I will. I will close. I will minimize Skype. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Skype distractions on a Skype call. Um, hold on, hold on. Okay, are you ready? Are you good? Set. Let's say, no. are you good? I've been good. Okay. Debatable, actually. No, I was. <laughs> um, the scene was subtle which is something that was missing for me this season because I felt like sometimes everything was a bit heavy-handed in terms of the aesthetic and everything they were alluding to. It was like, okay, I'm getting the metaphor and then you're hitting me with this twist or with this moment and I get it, but it's just a bit heavy-handed for my liking and I felt the exact opposite with this episode where when you first watch it, it's like, okay, so that happened. And then if you rewatch it, you're like, oh, I'm starting to see like little details that are sprinkled throughout the episode that make me love it. And then if you rewatch it again, it's like, oh, this is really good. It's really strong writing. And I, um, I'm hopeful for the next season. So that is what my point is. And that's where I'm leaving it. Madison. Where does, where does hope lead us being fans of Mr. Robot (laughs) down a dark, dark path. But you know what's just beginning? What? Dom and Darlene. No. Darlene. Stop it. Mirror images. What? We're both Jersey girls. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Can I I start this, please? Like, pretty please? Because I know you guys have gone awesome tangents, and let me just get frustrations out of the way. You do it. So, you know how I've been kind of cheering for Dom this whole, like, fucking season and how she's great and i love her character and everything mm-hmm. why was she like the worst thing on the planet like this <laughs> seriously she was the worst like she got nowhere <laughs> I, like it's so infuriating to see her try to appeal to darlene's like emotional side Maybe that's because we already know Darlene, but also she's playing like the stupidest, most TV FBI like yeah. like kind of conversation you can get. It's funny what? though because like we see Angela as this totally powerful person with Dom when it comes to Dom or at least and like rivaling Dom, but I f- I feel like well I part of me part of me feels like Dom rivals all other females. Like I feel like that's her thing. Like she has this major inferiority complex. And that's what the whole thing with her and Alexa is mm-hmm. that we see. And I feel like it really comes out with other women. And I feel like just as we thought Angela might be her, you know, her meeting her match, I feel like Darlene is really the powerful one when it comes to Dom. And I feel like Dom's tactics are kind of weak. Like, they definitely work to an extent, but Darlene is just so, like, I could give a shit, so... 
<laughs> and it's almost yeah. like okay, and, and at the end when Dom reveals the whole, you know, situation investigation of F Society, yeah. like I want to say that that was Dom's plan from kind, not really the start, but it developed into that plan. She's really smart, but we don't really know the payoff to that. Yeah, I know. And it's it's kind of frustrating because I was cheering for her this whole season, and then she does this interrogation scene, which is like good and bad like when she brought out the evidence and stuff and like kind of like you know slowly chipping away at Darlene's like hard outer shell like it I was like okay we're getting somewhere but just it was so like FBI fake shit it was so annoying I saw her going to that board of the evidence and all as like her last hope almost yeah like desperation move yeah that's what I saw it as like I felt like she didn't really want to show Darlene that just yet because again she doesn't really have that definitive tie but I think that her that was like her last hope to really scared almost scared yeah like scared Darlene into talking she says like to the FBI director um we we have to get her to trust us or something like that or um have us be worthy I think that's what she said. I think that's such yeah. a great line. But like, I, at the same time, it's I still saw her last play showing the board like as desperation and not yeah. like calculative, which is so not what Dom is. Yeah. So, my rant's over. You guys can all talk about super cool stuff now. Sarah, what I do you felt anything, like that like, was a joint rant between the two of you. <laughs> anything too like her showing her all that evidence on the board isn't going to get her to like trust her. I mean, I guess she thinks it's, that like. I guess if she wants her to trust them, then, like, she does think Darlene is innocent. Mm, I She wants Darlene's brother. And so, okay. right. So, I I don't, I can't explain why, why Dom showed the, all the evidence and everything. I feel like she kind of took this approach where we have Darlene, we have a whole bunch of probable links to her and F society. But at the end of the day, and I, and I feel like Dom even mentions this. We just want that man in the middle, which the man in the middle is really Elliot. Um, even granted, I, there's still some unclear clarity about that. Um, considering looking at the board and all of the people and their connections to one another, you see Elliot, but who's right above him. Tyrell. And what was that line from the beginning of the episode? You're just looking at what's right in front of you, not what's above you. And so I don't know if it was purposeful to have in that whole diagram, have Elliot's face be below Tyrell, which is really interesting to me. But for, and I thought for this episode, this was the first time where I think I switched places with Matt and I really liked Dom. Because I see all of your points about how it's just some, like, old school TV, FBI interrogation room scenes. But I like the um, more of that connection between Darlene and Dom in terms of how they just feel so defeated by this point. And there's this parallel between them where they're both after one another and fighting against one another and yet they're both stuck in this room together like I don't know what other options I have at this point and they don't have full control over their situations or how to eventually win 
But did that scene when um, she pre- presents all the evidence, like the videotapes, the mask and everything, um, I'm just going to give a shout out for the direction in that scene because the moment they cut to a two shot, that is so beautiful to have both of them on the opposite sides of the table. The camera purposely directed right at Darlene oh, as yeah. Dom. Yeah, that was so great. I, lo- I love that. So and It's funny because Dom has no idea yet. Maybe yet? I don't know. But Do you think that Darlene saying what she said when she saw the evidence on the board and she was like, holy shit. Um, do you think that was her saying it as in I'm screwed or as in when she saw Ty- Tyrell's face and she's like, they have it all wrong? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was. I, she was in shock that of how much information they had. I was in shock exactly. of all these great pictures of all the characters <laughs> that they had. It's almost like they had asked Except them to like Elliot. line up on a wall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like everyone's looking down at the camera. I'm like, where do they find these pictures? You know, of them and all at the same white wall. But yeah, I think she was mostly in shock of like how much information they had on everybody and all the different relationships and. um yeah, I guess I didn't really think about it until now, but maybe she was like, oh, my God, they don't put Elliot in the middle. They think Tyrell's yeah. the head of it also. I assume most of those white wall pictures where they're, like, they're uh, all safe badge pictures. But well, then I was like, well, why don't Mowgli. they just have Elliot's? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well, Mowgli worked for E-Corp. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. But, like, you know, what the hell does Darlene do? Does Darlene even have a job? That was my whole thing with her this semester. What the hell? My school, man. <laughs> this season. Well, all the whole show, basically. I was like, what does Darlene do? Um, you know? <laughs> he, she hacks Bitcoin and E-Coin. I was just going to say, because we were talking about Dom and Darlene mm-hmm. and the wall of everything, probably the writer's room. <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> they do call him those up um, she brought up Romero's death which is has been one which has been one of the unanswered questions this season and she the way she informed both Darlene and the viewers about the death and what happened was re- really interesting for me because she was explaining that it was a stray billet, bullet that killed Romero while everybody else was already assuming after that episode that that was Elliot and he obviously killed him. And so I think that was your first hint of how the episode was going to un- um, unfold between Tyrell and Elliot at the very end with the gun was that no all of these assumptions that we're making um, between Elliot's interactions with other characters are not necessarily real and it's our own our own mind and imagination and I think I think that this episode also plays in a lot between the differences between fate and destiny and this this belief that we have that things happen and whether that be somebody controlling things happening or this mystical spiritual um, essence in the world that just like, nope, this is life just happening right before our eyes and we're just parts in a play. But you, Matt are, are, are you saying does not understand me. Are, are you saying, Sarah, that you're a, you're a believer in fate? I've had a lot of I've had a lot of things happen to me where retrospectively I look back and I'm like 
that is really bizarre. Like, there's something else going on that clearly was pulling strings. So this happened at the exact same time. And later that night, I broke my leg. Like, <laughs> like it's just, I don't know if anybody else sees this, but I have a few things that were very pivotal moments in my life where looking back, so many other things had to happen and so many choices had to be made to set me up for that. Now, I also grew up a Christian, so I understand that everything is part of God's plan, and I do believe that. So, and and if you want to go back to Mr. Robot before we get into like a whole religious discussion, um, there's Tyrell is constantly calling Elliot a god this episode. And like, just we we're gods and we did this and this is our destiny and this is our power and our strength. And so there, there's a lot to be said for all of that subtext that I am too tired to get into at this very moment. <laughs> I feel like we need to so, do like a season two retrospective oh as well. Right. You know, well, just to go back again to that minor detail about Romero, like, <laughs> um, are we supposed to take what Dom said about that just being a stray bullet? Are we supposed to take that and be like, yep, that's what it was? Or are we still supposed to be skeptical about that? See, okay, That's what I don't know. I'm super skeptical. Maybe it's just because I really didn't like Dom in this episode. <laughs> Dom's but sucking at her I was like, man, right now. I was like, fuck you, Dom. That's some stupid-ass <laughs> FBI like, m- like mind games that you're playing. Like, nah. You you killed nah. him. I don't know. Like, nah, <laughs> nah, nah, dude. I ain't buying it. So That's me the whole episode. Nah. I don't think. I don't. Th- yeah. I don't think it was a straight bullet. That would have been pretty nuts if it was though, because when she said that, I was like, I immediately bought into it. I was like, oh, that is an interesting way of kind of calling or wrapping that whole story up. But I feel like it's. It's kind of lame that if, if it does end up just being that, you know, like it didn't kind of meet a grander purpose other than, yeah. well, I guess it did. Just what, gardening or something? What? Wasn't Romero just in his backyard gardening? Yeah, and she then... said he was like watering his plants or something. Yeah, we're just supposed to assume that a bullet flew through. Like, eh. I don't know. So that post credit scene, first of all, I was like, wow, uh isn't fries a west coast thing are did we suddenly like warp to like halt and catch fire like am i watching two shows at the same time and then like it slowly zooms in on you gotta remind me of the girl's name i just blanked on it trenton trenton and mobley and i'm like oh they're on the west coast that's cool they made it out alive kind of but then all of a sudden we see joey badass i was uh i was really happy to see him i was like this can't be the last we've seen of joey badass um What's his uh, Leon, right? That's his name in the yep. show. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it feels like they are scheming to like undo what F Society did. That's what I kind of pulled from it. Am I right mm-hmm. in that and assuming that? I'm not. I'm not sure if they're actually scheming it, but they are. There's. They. I think they just know that there's a way that they can. And if mm-hmm. God forbid they need to, they can do it. But so. I don't think undoing it would. Are they doing it, like, for personal gain or, like, are they doing it for, like, um... To save themselves because they're, they've turned out to be totally 
concerned about saving themselves, basically. Like, yeah, they but ran away. they're afraid of it. So. How well, does that help them, though? I don't you know? know if it's... Go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if it's that they just want to save themselves. I think that a lot of the F Society members, looking back at really how the world and society has changed ever since the 5-9 hack, it kind of is like, what did we do? Like, clearly, this isn't an improvement on what was before. So remind me again why we did this and if we can undo this. Like, have you ever made a mistake where you kind of have that regret? Like, you know what? I really thought I was making the right choice. But looking back now, clearly that was wrong. And clearly that has led me to be where I am now, which isn't under the best circumstances. And I, I think maybe that's why. And I like the idea that in season three, it's going to play with this this concept of undoing and changing and restarting and rebooting, if you may, considering the show is about computers a lot. But I really liked that moment because for a while there, I'm like, why did Sam Esmail say that this post-credit scene was so good and then Leon shows up and Leon who we also know from earlier this season is affiliated with the Dark Army and what does he ask Trenton and Mobley for the time which for me I didn't go to the Green Day reference my (laughs) mind went to White Rose oh yeah that too that too the only thing that matters <laughs> do you guys think that he's there to recruit them for the dark army or do you think he's or gonna like them. off them that's what yeah okay what do you guys think yeah i think he's there to kill honestly because that's what that's dark the Army's... only way like when we got the reveal well it wasn't necessarily said to us like he works for dark army or he's but he is in the know and i have to assume that he works for them and it's almost like he works for them as their hitman <laughs> because the way that he has been, you know, quote unquote exposed to us last we saw, like the big dump of information about him was around him taking care of those guys that were after Elliot. So in our mind now, it's like Leon is like, oh, that guy who kills all the people who are going to screw up the plan. So it's when we see him introduced in this post credit scene which took me forever to realize that the whole time he was the one driving the car <laughs> um you know I, it's just i don't know it's i have to look at it in a way that he's there to just clean up and by that like you know kill because i don't see what good it would do for him to be there to recruit or something like that because trenton and mobley are so fixated on getting away from this yeah here, here. Well said. Yeah. Any last thoughts here, on here. the uh, Mr. Robot season two finale? I know we covered a lot of topics, but um, there's some things that kind of we glossed over that you guys want to cover still. No. I was overall no. Uh, not super amped about this episode. Or. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite episode okay. from season two, but are you guys left satisfied and wanting for season three? It what was your favorite up. episode from season two? Wait, what? Oh, no, Alyssa, you go ahead. My favorite episode? It's a really great question. Uh, I don't know. It's more this season was I honestly like 
it's mainly because like I'm comparing it to season one. Like I didn't like the season as much um, because I felt like there wasn't a lot of plot movement and it bothered me a lot of times. And it got me to the point where like there weren't episodes that a whole of a whole that were so like solely plot enhancing uh, enhancing and whatnot. It more so in the season we saw like certain scenes that moved the plot and like these huge reveals and things like that. Um, so it's more like a collection of my favorite scenes, I guess. One of my favorite is though is the um, Angela doing the karaoke thing and all the scene the mm-hmm. things happening with that. You stole that was mine. my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that was probably my favorite scene mm-hmm. from the season. Um, but I don't know. I was just, overall like I I liked this episode and that it really sets us up for season three. But it was just very frustrating for me because it's like we watch this plot drag out and all of these questions get brought up and we never really see the end to them. They're never answered. Um, and when yep. they are answered, they're yeah. still not answered because they just chain reaction into more, you know, snowball into more questions. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it becomes almost forced and like, this tool and um, I don't know it becomes a little repetitive and almost over we like closure yeah yeah there was a lot of it becomes pedantic almost so yeah but I can't not love the season just because the show alone like cinematography wise and soundtrack and things like that alone like I love it so Sarah your lasting thoughts on season two Oh, my last scene's thoughts, they kind of are similar to Alyssa's final thoughts about the season. It's It wasn't as good as the first season. I think I, I'm still invested in this show. I'm glad Tyrell's alive um, because I think maybe that's one of the things that kind of made it drag a bit. That that, for whatever reason, was just stretched. And I, I really don't think it needed to be stretched for 12 episodes. And yeah. to go to Alyssa's earlier point we still don't know what happened in the arcade that night there we don't have any physical proof of why there was a stray bullet in the arcade that was found by the fbi earlier this season and what what exactly happened and it kind of feels like as a viewer you're losing investment in the story because you're looking at it like well obviously they're never going to answer all of my questions which kind of makes me nervous to really invest in all of these mysteries because if I know if I don't think I'm going to get payoff why even bother at the same time they did enough for me to be like you know what I'm still intrigued I want to know what's going to happen next I want to know where these characters end up so so they haven't lost they haven't completely lost all my interest or investment I've currently made because obviously I'm still like quoting episodes from past seasons and everything. But yeah, like so. it definitely made that whole thing about him shooting the bullet in the arcade, well, the gun in the arcade, like, you know, it put it on the back burner and I almost had to remind myself multiple times that that did in fact happen because it's one mm-hmm. thing that Mr. Robot would constantly tell Elliot that he shot and killed Tyrell but you know he could have done that with without them showing us that whole scene where he holds up the gun to um Tyrell's head because if that was Mr. Robot right. in that instance 
like Rami, uh, Rami cheese. <laughs> Elliot wouldn't have remembered that. So, right. Um, you know, it's like it because it's almost like too meta then, because then it's like them just wanting to do that to show the viewers and make us believe that uh, you know Mr. Robot killed him. Like, they, what was the point of them showing us if Mr. Robot's just gonna tell Elliot that he killed Tyrell and that's it? Like, I don't understand right. the point of them setting it up visually if all we needed for Elliot to believe was him hearing it from Mr. Robot. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I I th- I don't know if this is this point I want to make um plays into what you just said, but I think it I think it kind of does that um <laughs> it is it is we're talking Mr. Robot, it's all cryptic and it's all <laughs> written in code, but um something that did stand out this episode when I did the rewatch was that that argument between Mr. Robot and Elliot right before it turns into more of a Tyrell and Elliot argument. Um, it reminded me why I got invested in their relationship so much and why I thought Mr. it was Robot so interesting or... and refreshing. Yeah, Mr. Robot and Elliot's relationship. Okay. And even though we've seen Fight Club before, the fact that Mr. Robot's not real doesn't matter because there's this added layer in the fact that it's his dead father and this idea that Mr. Robot is doing all this to protect his son because in this episode that argument between them there's a line about don't you remember you um, you're only supposed I'm only going to tell you what you can handle and to me that line signifies more of that parental and child relationship that they have in the sense that I can totally see a parent being like, you know, our family's going to go in through a crisis, but the children can't know because they can't handle it. There's like this instability. So you see this glimmer of still that need to protect Elliot. And that's why he does this. And that, when Elliot starts wandering outside of that and starts looking into things that he shouldn't because he can't handle it, that's when they get into arguments. And we've all gotten into arguments with our parents over silly stuff just because, for whatever reason, we we were curious. And we're like, no, I can totally handle this. This major crisis is going on that's above my head, but I think I can. But, you know, it's like teenage years all over again. Yeah. So I I just hope that they do more of that because to me there's a few episodes I want to say like 3 and 4 and 5 where they just went in circles with Elliot and Mr. Robot about control and I'm dominant and you're not and all this and it just it felt like it didn't go anywhere mm-hmm. which wasn't nearly as interesting on really this idea that that Mr. Robot is a father. It's right. paternal instinct at the end of the day that really I'm protecting you. I'm your I'm your, so yeah. That's that's really my final thought about this season. Yeah, and it's interesting cuz like I don't find that whole thing like you said I don't find it so interesting to watch them battling it out for control. What I like I yeah. also find it interesting to just see them battling it out as like the father-son relationship because Mm-hmm. Just the fact that Mr. Robot is is a part of Elliot, yet at the same time he's so separate. Like that that control 
things shouldn't even be relevant. Like he's so he's so separate because even though he's a part of Elliot, he's so all knowing and like still manages to have this fatherly protective control over Elliot, which makes it like right. he's such a extra part of um, who Elliot is. Like and and that's how and that's how we as viewers met Mr. Robot as right. a separate character. So we clearly identify him as it. Yeah, and that's why I actually just going all the way back to that red wheelbarrow thing. Like, I Mm -hmm. saw that, like, Elliot taking on that bit from Tyrell is Tyrell explains this um, saying as something his father would always say. And Tyrell says that he always repeats it because he wants to remind himself to never end up like his father. So I felt like that was kind of showing us what Elliot um, is doing almost like using it as a reminder too because his book was his escape from Mr. Robot so I felt like he took on that phrase to remind himself Mm -hmm. that he doesn't want to become like his father yet at the same time like he he is already his father if he if he has this altar in him that is just so quintessentially his dad and being so protective and all-knowing like he's already a part of him and he's uh, you know it's unavoidable well well, is and isn't that what it's like to be? And maybe this is why we find it so interesting is because of how relatable that is. Like we do want to be our parents, but at the same time, there's this part of us where we're like, I want to be everything opposite of our parents. Like I want to do things differently. I want to learn from what they went through and do the opposite because I don't want to be them, even though really our parents are the people we put on the pedestals and they're our heroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do you get, or how many times do you see celebrities ask, Oh, who's your hero in life? And they always see their talk about their mom or their dad for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And so I think, PR. man, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, well, well, right. <laughs> right. But it's also relatable and it's good PR because it's like, Oh, I do that too. And, yeah, and also cynical Matt. This is Alyssa Sarah time. We're breaking it down. Yeah, our review of the season went into a whole nother discussion. But it's yeah, good but a really good one. Yeah, half five. High five. In in in. What the hell word am I looking for? Virtual, Virtual high, high five. five. <laughs> I almost said interactive. <laughs> it's an interactive podcast. It can be. Everyone high five your screens. Good job. (laughs) Oh, microphone, not the screen. My bad. (laughs) So, yeah, that's um, if I can chime in real quick. My last my final thoughts on season two. Um, There's no doubt that. (laughs) Wait, what? What did I miss? Hashtag let Matt. (laughs) Hashtag let Matt speak. Hashtag free Matt. Um, Hashtag for Matt. (laughs) Three times. Dicks out for Matt. <laughs> Never mind. Harambe. No. Um, no. <laughs> if you say that, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm sorry. Back. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it, there, without a doubt, Mr. Robot, the show, is definitely the most unique show on television right now. And it's one of the most dense shows, I would say, right now. Um, convoluted, but not for the sake of being convoluted. Um, visually and... Um, yeah, visually it, and, and production-wise, it definitely took a step forward, and it, it always, um, I felt like they did, they went out of their way to change um, and freshen up and take on new ideas compared to season one. 
but that might have been their downfall. Like all you guys all mentioned, it, there wasn't really a lot of payoffs. They kind of glossed over some of the story elements from season one or even at the beginning of this of uh, season two. So um, while it may not be everyone's favorite season, um, it's still, I think, a great entry into what I hope to be a really awesome series um, that will be, uh, you know, continue to challenge us and how we feel about certain issues and um, really just be a great little roller coaster ride of emotions because we love all these characters, even though I really just threw all the shade at Dom today, but, you know, called her the worst thing on the planet, but that's fine. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for our talk for, uh, Mr. Robot season two. Uh, we might do another, um, one just on a season two overall retrospective. I think you, uh, you, uh, Sarah and Alyssa brought up a lot of fun ideas to kind of expand on maybe at another time, but for now, um, we'll have Who to say goodnight. on the call? I know. I don't know what, where my mind is right now. What is, I don't understand. Okay. Help me. Tell me you you're seeing what? this too. Help me to understand. Yeah. <laughs> Also, we can end this episode with a big congratulations to Rami for stealing that. Yes, hat. not a steal. He he does. Well, you know it. what I mean. No, Holy we earth. don't. We we take everything literal. Find yourself a person who looks at you the same way Rami looked at that Emmy. I loved his reaction to it because you can tell that he's a, such a big fan of his own product, but not in like a. Right. Not in a uh, <laughs> like yeah, not in a dick way, you know. Like he 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 likes the show. He loves his it's own. It's more character. of like, oh mom, I did it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, look what we did, guys. Yeah. So, but no, it's yeah. he totally is though, because I remember when Mr. Robot was blowing up, he would always mention how for the longest time he thought that his career was kind of dead and over, and then this happened. And then boom. it always made me so sad. Yeah. I was like, no. And then, yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of like it was fate. Your Tumblr's something. favorite hacker. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it was fate. Oh. I liked it, Sarah. I heard it. It's okay. White Rose planned it all. Yes, excellent. Hey, Matt, wrap up the show. Oh, yeah, I probably Close should probably do that. I forgot. I'm, like, Drop dying over here. Um, Yeah, uh, Sarah, or Alyssa, did you want to tell... Wait, what? I talked to you completely, Sarah. The listener's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't know that. That's fine. Alyssa, you want to tell the... You want to hey, tell Alyssa, the... Where can Let me say you? it. Dude, okay, come on. Oh, I keep boy. talking over people. <laughs> Alyssa, where can the listeners find you on the internet? The World Wide Web. You can find me on Twitter. On Twitter. In Twitter. <laughs> Amongst Twitter. Amongst the Twitter sphere. Uh, at A-V-W-S-M-N. I post quality content all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's debatable Go on. Uh, Sarah where can they find you on the internet you can find me on twitter at sjbelmont s-j-b-e-l-m-o-n-t and I want to give a shout out and tell listeners to go on to twitter and look at the hashtag live the green dot it's a really good program that is starting up at university um, campuses all over the nation um, and even Air Force bases and everything. And it's about violence prevention and making our communities safer um, and how everybody can do that and do their part and do a green dot every day. So look it up, support it. It's a really great um, organization. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. And um... oh for our show if you want to, if you're fans of um 
Young Justice, you can also hear one of our friends, uh, Oats Entertainment. If you subscribe to the uh, Scene and Nerd iTunes feed or subscribe to us on Libsyn, um, you'll also uh, have access to Oats Entertainment. So they're going to go through season one right now, um, every episode, breaking down every episode and giving their thoughts and opinions. Um, so yeah, show some love to co-host Sam and Nick Rogers. Uh, check them out. Um, they're really funny. Um, Who? And Sam and Nick Rogers. I've never heard of those guys. I know. No. Some silly gentlemen. Um, the silly boys. <laughs> yeah. And you can also follow me, uh, I Matt. I can call them that. <laughs> boys? Men. Manly men. Um, you can follow me at I'm Salzy. I-M-S-A-L-Z-Y. And uh, be sure to visit thegww.com to read about all of our geeky opinions on comics, games, TV, and film. Rate and subscribe. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and of course, Lipson. Download us directly. Um, and yeah, with that, thank you, Mr. Robot, for another great season. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Tuning in, that's like a radio thing. You're welcome. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks! Assemble! So now that Mr. Robots are over, does that mean that Alyssa's not going to be our co-host anymore? Yep. See you later, dude. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>